Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, 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 everyone, and welcome to One on One with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Mr. Jasper Cole, and we are coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. It was only about 97 degrees here today, so it's a little balmy. No, actually, it's so dry you could spit and it would evaporate. So listen, everyone, I'm so excited because we're starting a very first episode tonight. It's called True Crime. Um, A lot of you may or may not know, but I'm a true crime junkie of, you know, Dateline and 48 Hours and everything on Oxygen and so forth and so on. So um, we are going to be joined at 620 by Justin Lowe, who owns Full Genomes Corporation, and he is a forensic genealogy expert. And um, we're going to be talking all about how they are used to, you know, to solve crimes and do all of that great stuff. So it's this new technology that you probably have seen, uh, the Golden State Killer. It was used to try. Um, so I'm going to try to do one show a month where we, ta- we tackle various true crime subjects. But in the meantime, there is nothing criminal about this next person I'm about to introduce. I couldn't do it. Well, I probably could do it, but I'd rather not do this show without my co-host, Mr. Hello. Hey, Rob. Hey, Jasper, can you hear me? Not only can I hear you, I can see you. Excellent. Oh, God, this is so nice to be with you. I appreciate you always including me every week and Planet Earth. I'd like to let you know that two days ago was my 63rd birthday, and to start my day, Jasper Cole, the one and only, called me first thing in the morning and sang happy birthday to me. (laughs) And there was no cash or real estate involved, and he did it with enthusiasm. Yes. Well, everybody, all the listeners would like to wish – Ralph, a belated happy 63rd birthday. Two years to Medicare, as we call it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. How has the week been going for you? You know, it's one of those weeks where I just can't keep my day straight. All day today, I thought, was Wednesday. I've been a day off and a dollar short all week. But it's great. I mean, no complaints, you know. All good. Excellent. How about, did you have a good birthday? Yeah, Rose and I stayed here at home, of course, and 
Um, I what, Ronnie was so nice to bring me a slice of chocolate six-layer cake. So mm. Rose and I shared that. And then I got a lovely gift basket from Cookie Good, a box of assorted cookies that are all, each one is more delicious than the other one. And, oh, my God. And I, and I made fried chicken because I love comfort food. And it was great. Um, it, was a, it, it was a very nice day. You know, actually, you know, it's so funny. You know, I always say I like to be included. And I totally was included on Facebook and Instagram with all the outpouring of love. And I always take a moment to remember it's nice to be thought of. And, and 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 nice to be included that way. I mean, I had almost 500 responses and comments to me, you know. So that was just really nice that people just reach out like that. And so I feel very fulfilled. I'm grateful to be healthy and just maneuvering day by day as we get closer to ending or curtailing this pandemic. Can imagine if you got fifty dollars from every all five hundred of those people. Like every uh, time they wish you, you charge. They had to monetize that. Wouldn't that be like nice? every time I got a like? I know. Wouldn't that be fierce? <laughs> that would be so. <laughs> and then like, monetize you would have those like, likes. Yeah, like Facebook would keep a a running tab, right? And then at the end of maybe every month, you get you get paid. And then the sad exactly. part is like and even. Well, the sad part is like you go to the end of the month and it's like negative thirty dollars, which means no, you got exactly. I was no, gonna say no likes because they got or they unliked you and it was like, uh uh-uh, bitch. Once you hit like, that's fifty dollars, Garrett. Don't even. Because <laughs> listen, you know how it is. You know how it is with quote friends. Everything's good until money gets involved, and then it's like, oh no, uh, no, no. You were too funny. Well, you know, we, you and I were talking last week about, you know, it's just a matter of time before there is fraud with the vaccination cards. And I was reading somewhere online that they were selling these bitches for hundreds of dollars on fucking eBay. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And all to, like, okay, so you, so you spend two hundred dollars to get a car. This is like when you used to forge your driver's license to prove your age, right? So you have this forged vaccination card and then you go somewhere and they go are you vaccinated and you show them the card and you really aren't it's like well that's just not going to help us get to closing this pandemic anytime soon no not at all you know there's isn't it amazing there's always going to be some fucked up person that ruins it for (laughs) my mom used to say we just can't have anything nice you know (laughs) yeah it's so true it's just like everything i mean god um, you know, I was watching America's Most Wanted, and the story that I was watching was about uh, this couple whom had b- built dollars out of all of these elderly people, and they lost their savings, and they lost their house. And I just thought, how can people do that? You know, know. like, I'm just so glad that I'm here to protect Rose. And the thing is, I've been a sucker, too. I've totally been a victim and been like, oh, God, I can't believe I fell for this. But now I am just really stringent. And unfortunately, in our society, it's like, you know, like when people call you now, Jasper, on the phone, and you may not answer the phone because you don't recognize the number. That's our new society now. We There's so much spam and so much 
badness out there. You don't want to answer the phone unless it shows the name and you know exactly who it is because it's like, well, if it's really legitimate, you will leave a message and you know. Well, exactly. And, you know, the funny thing is I put one of those apps on my phone that supposedly, you know, supposed to like um, weed out the spam calls. The problem is it will just randomly silence like something need to get, right? Suddenly I'll have voice messages and I'm thinking, I never got this. I never saw the call. So it's a weird thing. Like, I don't know, half the time these, these spam uh, apps don't really do their job, but you're right. I don't, if I don't know who it is, I don't answer regardless. Well, you know, and it's hard and it's hard for you I, because you deal with so many people. Okay, gone are the days where you know if a two one two number comes in. Okay, we know that's Manhattan. If it's three two three or three one zero, we know it's Los Angeles. But there's so many prefixes now that are like you know eight three four, and it's like, well, where the fuck is that? But sometimes you especially have to answer it because it could be a, a casting director or a producer. You know, you have your, you know, because, um, you know, from your IMRU interview, uh, you wear so many hats, more hats uh-huh. than Queen Elizabeth. Um, you just never know who might be calling you. So sometimes people, you know, the call that you decide not to answer is the call where they offered Denise a million dollars to come and do one day on a show. <laughs> uh, how, how about offering Ralph Cole Jr. Uh, half of that? To come. Yeah, oh, God. Yes, absolutely. When I am back, I will be ready to go. Right now, I'm scrambling. I feel like I can't believe my mother, who's 92, doesn't have her vaccine yet. And I know she could have had it, but, you know, and people have gotten on me about, Ralph, forget convenience. I was like, yeah, I, if I can, I'm still, because I'm the only person around, Rose, if I can go around the corner and just have one-on-one interaction with the pharmacist and my mother, I'm still hoping for that. But I am researching how to go to a drive-through place now to get the J&J one. And um, because I wanted to be vaccinated already, even though, you know, like a friend of mine was like, oh, you know, with all these variants out there, it's just really, really dangerous. And, she, you know, she just has to be vaccinated. I'm like, okay, relax one second. That's all true. My mother is not out of the house. I'm the only one around my mother. I'm fully vaccinated. I tested negative, but that was in January, so who knows. But presumably I'm still negative. So Rose is not going to get her there unless I brought it into the house, and I haven't left the house for eight days, right. you know, right now. So for me, it'd be different if, like, Rose was going to a senior center on a regular basis. It'd be like, okay she needs to be vaccinated because she's going to be around these other people, but she's not around anybody else. So I'm still, you know, I want the J and J one, you know, we've all, and I know people who say, just get whatever one you can get, get whatever one you can get. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want my mother to get the Moderna one. More People seem to have more side effects than the Moderna one. And I don't want to have to go back twice. You know, well, that's I want the whole to point be, of your, your situation. You're, you're trying to make it, one stop for for Rose. So you're right. I don't blame you. I mean, I was going to share with everyone. Uh, it's funny how the the milestone in our life now. Um, this past Sunday night, Dennis and I finally went out to a restaurant for the first time in over a year. With ironically, we planned it with our friend Greg Richmond, who was also the last person we had dinner with a year ago before the mm. pandemic. 
the three of us it just we just remembered that one day during the year like oh my god that was our last so we did we went out to a restaurant here that's open on all four sides like the the walls roll up you know um it felt really safe and it just felt great and the funny thing was it did not feel i guess it's like riding a bike you just suddenly are like oh i'm back in a restaurant however we did it on that sunday we've had no desire to to go out anywhere else this week you know i mean it'll probably just be a special occasion kind of thing but we still don't have that need to like oh let's just pop over here for lunch you know uh we'll just still go like today i just went and ordered the food and picked it up so um well right before we came on the air ralph i my husband you know dennis i i think i don't know if he did this on purpose so to scare you and i but he sends me this text that the state of michigan has 258 confirmed cases of coronavirus from people who've been fully vaccinated so i have not researched this yet i have not seen i'm not able to go on because i'm i'm hooked up to so many the iphone you know i don't want to lose the board on the the computer but i'm hoping to hell that that's that's some something that's not you know real because i'm like what that'll be a major where where did dennis read it i have no idea he texted me from the other room and i was already hooked up for the show so i didn't get the chance to even so i'm just i'm just putting that out there that in case you hear anything like that who knows if any of this is true i know that canada unfortunately is on lockdown again because a majority of the vaccinations that they received were faulty they weren't they weren't 100 percent correct so now there's some skepticism right now with some of the vaccines i don't know that that's happened in this country but that's what's just hitting the airwaves today And I saw in a news article the other day that J&J had to throw away 15 million doses because their manufacturer, wherever their manufacturer was, fucked up, and they had to throw them away. And I'm like, oh, God, you know. And then I made the mistake of just reading all, you know, people post all this stuff on Facebook, and I click on it, and I start reading it, and the AstraZeneca one they had to stop doing that because it was causing blood clots. Then there's some fucking Russian one, you know, and it's yeah. like, what the fuck is going in our arm? Well, the thing you know, is, now, too, I, I, don't, I don't know which ones, you know, I don't know which companies Canada got. I don't, it's interesting, you know, Italy's back on lockdown, and I've been asking people, are they, did they not get the same vaccination companies we're using, or they're, did they not get the supply that we got? I, I don't know. I don't know what the story is on that yet. Well, and Paris is on lockdown too. They have a curfew at 7 p.m. You know, right. and and what I was reading after I read after I was bombarded with all this different information, I concluded by, okay, the United States is a little bit more on top of it. These European countries like the Netherlands, and they all they all seem to be lurking. And they mm-hmm. have a shit show in trying to get the vaccines to the people, you know. And um, they, it, it, it's just, yes, a, a lot of progress is being made and, and with these vaccines, but I didn't understand why Europe was so, like, I mean, how fucked up, you know, like Paris, 
Now you're saying Italy and Canada, the whole, whole country of Canada is on lockdown again? Well, they're back on stringent. You know, they've already been, they've been so stringent anyway about quarantining, but there's been some, some problems with the vaccinations that they got. But I wanted to boomerang because I had been wanting to share this information with Ralph and Planet Eartha, but now I can, but now I'm, I'm concerned again. So I have booked a job. And it takes me to the state of Georgia. So I got my I got my tickets to go to Georgia yesterday. And Delta Airlines is the only airlines right now that is doing if you fly in first class, they block out the seat next to you if you're traveling alone. So there's nobody to the right of me next and there's nobody to the aisle seat. So I'm kind of like by myself. So the best thing about this booking is I get to go home and work for two days and spend three days with my father, who I've not seen in three years almost. Well, congratulations on your job. Can you talk about the job? I can't say the details. It was a straight offer from my Atlanta agent, but it's a it's it's people that I auditioned before for. Um, it, it's a well-known show that is, you know, that's out there, that's a hit, and it's a perfect two-day guest star. And then, I, like I said, I, I fly in on a Thursday night. I work Friday, Saturday, and then I have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to spend with my, my dad. Oh, excellent, Jasper. How exciting. Well, I was all really excited, especially the way the, the airlines thing was. I mean, the, I, I went through my travel agent at AAA like I always do. And he was just like, Jasper, you're going to be so excited. You're protected. You know, you've got your vaccination and now there's no one on either side of you. And he got it for me going and coming, which is great. Uh, flying there and now coming you're back. Sitting the, you're sitting on the aisle? Well, I'm sitting on the aisle because there will be nobody um, on the other aisle or to my right by the window. You know, there's only two. In first class, you just have two seats. So I, I feel see. really protected. I did. I felt protected until I heard this potential gossip about vaccinations in Michigan where people got COVID. So let's just hope that's but not the case. But you're still going to be all masked and everything getting on the feet. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Still mask and sanitized and all that, but, 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 you know, a lot, American airlines and a lot of other airlines, they have packed, they just pack them in side by side. I mean, we've had friends, you know, flying over the last year and there's no separation. um, Well, a friend of mine wrote me today, Delta airlines is blocking out that middle seat, but just until the end of the month or something. Yeah. It's just till May 1st on in coach. And then in first class, I mean, listen, I would pay anything right now to avoid. I'm just trying to stay as safe as possible. Um, so, I agree. You know, because I have to be a local hire in Atlanta. So for people listening, that means that you have to get yourself there and put yourself up, be able to put yourself up. So, but it's kind of great because I've been wanting this to happen and I've been wanting to see my father. So. Yeah, 
but off air, I'll you know, Ralph, I'll tell you more about it because you know how it is. You can't talk about it. Wait, I'm sorry, I missed. I said later oh. off off air, I'll. Uh... Are you can there, you, Ralph? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Did you did you come I, off the I, other I, one? I I I I called I, I, in. Okay. Okay, call connected. Okay, so I'm there disconnected you are. You're on my on. phone. Okay, you good. You sound really because, good. This one's really clear. Well, now I'm on my desktop, but when I called in for 6 o'clock, I couldn't get on. So I had a call on my phone. But now oh, that wow. we've been... The, the, different, the quality is like 200% different. It's amazing. Really? Because usually, usually when we're on our phone, you always like the quality. Yeah, but all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, my God, I can totally hear the difference. But now I called in on the desktop and I got through for the first time I couldn't get through. So you've been on the, the I direct got through connect. Du- direct connect tonight. Yeah, no problem. Okay, well, I'm glad I tried it again because and that the sound is better. Now, what were you saying off air that you'll do what? I, I said off air, I'll tell you more about the job. Because, well, you know, yeah, I can't, you know how yeah, it is. Yeah. I can't say anything. I signed an no, NDA. Yeah. No, I'm so excited for you. So, and I love that it's a direct offer. Me too. And I like that I auditioned for them before. The casting, the producers. Now, when do you leave? When do you leave? Oh, I leave uh, Thursday the 29th. So we we won't have a show that night. And then I come back on uh, Tuesday the third or whatever fourth. Well, you were planning is. on leaving May 1st anyway. So this is, it, I mean, it's again, tell, tell God your plans, right? Right. That's oh God. How a, yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. That's really super exciting. I love you booking a job like that. And, um, can, oh yeah, well, you'll tell me I'm so eager to hear it all. Well, I will. And listen, I want to remind everyone they can follow Ralph at Ralph Cole jr. On all the platforms. Um, we are going to jump right over quickly to our our true crime guest tonight. But but Ralph, I'm sending you all the love in the world. Thank you, thank you so much thank for doing you. this. And we will see you, of course, Ralph, next week, same time, same place. And uh, we love you. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye bye, Planet Earth. Have a great show with Justin. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, everyone. That's the wonderful. Ralph Cole Jr. Um, We're very excited. This is our first true, we're calling it true crime episode. And we couldn't be more thrilled than to kick off uh, our first episode with a a truly spectacular guest, Justin Lowe. His company's called Full Genomes Corporation. At this time, please welcome Mr. Justin Lowe. Hello there. Hey, buddy. How are you? No, not bad. How are you doing out there in the, in this pandemic or soon-to-be-over pandemic, I should say? Oh, my God, right? Well, we, my, my co-host, Ralph, and I were just – I don't know if you heard a little, but we were – he and I, we, we mm-hmm. usually talk about the, the pandemic, and we were just – right before I came on the air, my husband texted me a thing saying something about some cases in Michigan where people had been fully vaccinated, but they tested they got coronavirus. So I don't know. I wasn't able to check it or do anything, but I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, 
that would be a, a, a total nightmare. Yeah, I followed it pretty closely, but <clears throat> I think we'll see. We'll see. We'll I, see. I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, I should say. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Well, listen, thank you so much for kicking off our first true crime episode. Um, we have a mutual, uh, my producer who's, you know, works in this field as well and works for uh, the Jane Doe show on, on Oxygen, who booked you on the show. We're so excited. So for those listeners, for people listening, I guess the first thing I would say is, can you just explain, like, to in layman terms? <laughs> Sure, in, sure. Yeah. In terms, forensic genealogy or investigative uh, genealogy, tell us exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, you sound good. Okay. Yeah, well, essentially, I guess the starting point is actually just when people research their own ancestry, like they want to find out who their great-grandparents are or, grand, or further back. And so they're they're applying the same techniques. I mean, many of the same people who do – who started in consumer consumer ancestry services or their own hobbies sort of went into this. It's just the difference is you're instead of of course finding your ancestor, you're finding the ancestor of a prospective killer or missing person. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, so it's kind of like so DNA really what when did DNA start just just finding DNA samples being used? Was that in the late eighties or before yeah, that, I think when so. you could, I, yeah. I'm not strictly familiar with the exact timeline, but I mean, I remember. I'm old enough to remember the O.J. Simpson case. Oh of yeah. Course. And um, I mean, now we're talking. One major difference is you're talking a million times more markers than that, mm-hmm. or even more than mm-hmm. that. So you have so much yeah. more information. That's. Because mm-hmm. when I watch, you know, when you watch some of the the true crime shows, and if it's a case that's you know, back in the 70s or whatever, they, they'll they say, well, at this time, you know, DNA test was not advanced enough. And then they started with, I guess, the, the database. But when you – now when with the popularity of like 23andMe and um, MyHeritage and those kind of companies, so what's basically mm-hmm. happening is when, when you're looking at a, a case, you can take – that's a good. That's a question I have. Are all of those public companies that people are using? Are they? Um, do they have to cooperate with with investigators? No. And no. Okay. No, they they don't. I mean, of course. It the way that it started, as you may know, is that someone uploaded a, uploaded a sample to GEDmatch, which is sort of a public publicly mm-hmm. accessible database. That's how it was done, but. Um, yeah, they, they don't – 23andMe has a very strict policy of, of fighting most of their subpoenas. They can speak for themselves, of course, but right, they like right. to draw a very, very bright line there between consumer work and forensic work. Okay, got it. So let me just ask you, how did, let's go back. How did your – let's talk about your journey and all of this. Um, how did this start mm-hmm. for you? What's, what's your background? Well, I, we had started – I had a group of um, – actually, it was really people – we had all tested with 23andMe back in 2008, 2007, mm-hmm. and, and that was sort of the, the impetus of it because we had actually bumped into each other on discussion boards, and the group of us that, that were sort of affiliated 
wanted to build our own software, right? And that's kind of how the company developed later, right, around 2012, 2013. So that was kind of that was the elevation of the company. My background, I, I got interested in genetics further back. I was actually in a class in 2006, as I remember, and someone put a slide up from a genealogy site in the course, and that's when I that's when I started to realize how powerful it could be. But I got mm-hmm. into it. I got into it from a different angle. But later, we got into it because we wanted to do things that 23andMe wasn't doing. Basically, that's kind of what we wanted to do. Really. Right. And prior to you forming your company, Full Genome, had you already been working with law enforcement on cases or, or did no, that No, no, come... we actually yeah, it was sort of a um it was sort of an offshoot of of what we were already doing because what we mm-hmm. were doing we were trying to provide a very precise measurement for people so that Instead of getting – you're getting about a 1,000 times more information than with a 23andMe test. So you can be very precise about your ancestry and about what, what people are getting from it. And so we right. were actually contacted by some groups, and they were interested in our technology because they were aware of, the fact of what we were doing for consumers could also be used for law enforcement. That's what happened. And, and I guess I, you know, I mentioned the Golden State Killer at the beginning of the show because mm-hmm. I guess that's that's sort of the most I I don't know if it's still the most sort of well known case that was was solved mm-hmm. do you know with genetics um, that was a similar situation right where the the investigators were able to use uh, the genetics it was it was what a cut it was they traced it back to a brother or how close did it get to the killer. Yeah, I don't I mean that that was a really tough one because they had to go back um they had to build a tree with like 5000 people on it. I remember the exact number. But mm. it was over a year and a half worth of work. It was a very right. the, the actual part that where they did the gene- genealogy was very time intensive. Mm-hmm. And um they were actually they actually were working on we were independently working on a doe case. At the same time, I wasn't aware they were doing it, but we were we were working on um, the Marsha King case at the same time, which okay. was a, a murder case. But yeah, yeah that, and that's that's another fascinating mm-hmm. aspect is the the Doe cases. You know, talk to us a little mm-hmm. bit because that's that's a whole other that's a whole other genre itself in in how how recent is that in using genealogy. To identify, for people who don't know, Jane Doe or Doe's or unidentified mm-hmm. bodies, um, and that, that once you can hopefully identify the body, you start to piece together potential motives and trying to find who, if they were murdered, right. and if so, who did it, right? Yeah, we that was actually that was actually 2017, as I recall, because what had happened is. We had done a um, we had done a service for a, a person whose father had died, right? And he had mm-hmm. a tissue sample from his father, and so what we wanted to do is he wanted to get a genealogy profile for his father, and then he wrote that up on a blog. And when he posted the blog, then the, the Doe people contacted us because they read the blog post, and they said, "Well, you did this for this one person. We'd like to do it for missing persons instead." That's how it developed. And um, 
to be honest, I was a little skeptical originally. I was like, are you really going to be able to get – I thought there might be like a one in one in a one in, chance per case. Yeah. But, well, and when you when you talk about a team, you know, what I've been fascinated by too sometimes when I – again, I'm sort of an um, a junkie with, mm-hmm. you know, all the different, you know, true crime shows. The thing I'm always fascinated by is the way – there'll be many different people working on one case. How, how is it all coordinated? I mean, it's fascinating to me that you will have people all over the country working t- when you, when I always think working together is like, is one person sort of uh, in charge and everyone else is investigating or it seems kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of, it depends on the group. I mean, I, I mean, I've worked with a couple agencies in California Mm-hmm. And what'll happen is, you know, some what usually happens with the police agency is that they'll we'll provide them with the with the profile, right, the DNA result, and then they'll launch the investigation. There might be cases where he'll he or she rather will ask a question or there'll be something they want to clarify. But they kinda mm-hmm. like to run with the ball when they're doing that part of it. But with the Doe cases, yeah, there'll be similar things. The Doe cases are usually harder because they have Yeah, they seem to be harder for some reason. Maybe that's a generalization, but and every and every state every state is different, right? Each state has mm-hmm. does each state have their own laws regarding those and that and and genealogy how they deal with it. Yeah, New York is very different. New York has a very strict protocol in terms of the type of lab that's used, and they also mm-hmm. have a very you know, there's a lot more concern, at least from what I could gather in New York State, about they have a strong, you know, which is a good thing, a strong civil liberties movement, and so right. there's a certain amount of skepticism. But, you know, I, I point out to people, by the way, and I, and I, I think I sent you the case. Mm. You know, people have been exonerated already. Ricky Davis spent 15 years in prison for something he didn't do. You know, well, right. That's what I, I was going to go on. The, you're right on the flip side of you know of mm-hmm. DNA. And finding the guilty, it's also exonerated uh, people, which is the the upside, you know, the really great part. Um, so your company, by the way, everyone, if you're just joining us, we're talking to uh, Justin Lowe. His company is, is at, well, can they find you at Full Genomes Corporation, Corporation on Instagram, right? Yeah, well, actually, I'm, I'm usually um, we're we're a little bit um, less visible on Instagram. We have a Facebook page, of course. I think that's usually the best place to reach us, to be honest. Um, and then you have your website course, as well, right? Right, right, yeah. And um, how should I put it? But yeah, I mean, we've we've worked. I mean, just to mention the thing with the Ricky Davis case, and I, I had a debate with a person without mentioning their name, who's you know, a very strong privacy advocate who was mm-hmm. very worried about all this. And I just was trying to point out, you know, that could be any of us. I mean, Ricky Davis right. was actually, he was sadly convicted because his, um, there was a false confession, mm-hmm. basically. And that could have happened to anybody, you know. So you can be concerned well, that about happens, privacy. But, that happens so much, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt I felt pretty good about that case, and there's there's a couple other good ones, but I think that's one of the better ones, really. 
Yeah, it's your place. The listeners can actually, they can just Google that case, right? They, there's lots of press on it. They can they can mm-hmm. see for themselves yeah, they, what the circumstances were. Yeah, it was a Ricky Davis in um, El Dorado County over near Sacramento. It was basically just a false confession by his girlfriend, unfortunately. Anyway. Hmm. Right. Um, well, had, are you also, I mean, is this the kind of thing where because you – you work in this industry, the last thing you really want to watch on TV are, <laughs> are true crime shows. You know how the, it's kind of like, it's, it's, you know, are you, or do you still like watching the various programs? Oh, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a fan. I mean, I like, you know, I like all the old, you know, like Sherlock Holmes and, and mm-hmm. uh, various spy series and so forth and so on. And things like Wallander, if you've heard of that one from Sweden. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. So, so I've, I followed them. I mean, I've, I've, um, I used to catch. There used to be a show on on CNN. What was it called? Um, Forensic Files. Oh yeah, catch that every That's day. A, that was a good mm-hmm. one. Have you done? Have you have you testified? Have have you had to testify um, in court proceedings and cases? No, it hasn't come up. And and um, I mean, what's what's happened? I think in at least two of the cases I know of is that. The suspect confesses because it's um, definitive. You know, it's mm-hmm. a match. It's, so there's not really any need. It. I had thought of it. I mean, it, it's it's not really. Um, it hasn't arisen, but yeah, it's it hasn't happened to us yet. Right. Thus far. Right. Um, so when people do you find the majority? So when people reach out to your company, do actual just individual private citizens reach out as well? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes we had a case. Um, I mean, for other purposes, sadly, there was. A, um, I mean, it was a good thing for him, but there was a case where a gentleman, um, his daughter, had been murdered, right? Mm-hmm. And in that case, it was different. He, I mean, they already had caught the perpetrator, but because he knew we could work with degraded samples and DNA samples of that type, you know, we were able to provide him with the data he wanted. But yeah, there'll be private individuals sometimes. Sometimes there'll be agencies. Sometimes there'll be people who are just they want to sequence some old family heirloom or something. Mm-hmm. So it kind of runs the full gamut, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, I, I, I. There's sort of a sort of an informal referral network. I haven't really. We're kind of a small organization, so I haven't really pressed it too publicly, but. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, there's there's some other opportunities to do some bigger projects, even like for, you know, old war crimes, you know, like from the Spanish Civil War. Mm. Oh, right. wow, yeah. Because you can well, you can apply the same thing to bone samples from that, for example. Well, I was going to ask you too, like, what do you see? I mean, because it just seems like the whole genealogy just keeps advancing and advancing. How how do you see it going further in the future? I mean. Much for what do you see the progress looking like? Well, I mean, it's it's. Um, I mean, you can almost do some without being too speculative. I said you could do stuff almost in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if someone commits, I think there was one case that someone else did like that. But if someone, let's say, someone commits a murder and they get a sample from the scene, you know, the, the crime could have happened yesterday, and we could be working on it. Right. Right. And then you'd be you'd be working on it in real time to find the suspect rather than trying to solve 
like a Golden State killer case from what, something 40 from years way ago? from from way back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think because of also scripted TV shows, you know, um, mm-hmm. people people watch those right, and they're. I think it it's really affects jurors and juries now too because they they've come to expect like um you know mm-hmm. they want to they want that direct DNA match or you know they need to you know they need they need the body they need, you know they need all these things that they watch the problem with a lot of the scripture shows of course they they tidy it all up with a bow you know in in 45 minutes of a show and they don't really show how long it can take to actually like to identify just a, a doe body can take months and months to a year even or longer right yeah i think for the for the newton chandler case you know we don't usually do the genealogy are involved in the genealogy component but i think that team spent two thousand hours doing the investigation mm. something like that That's amazing. and that was that was a curious one because they they thought that he might be the um, uh, Zodiac killer. I, I don't right. think so, but they but they were thinking he might be. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading about I, that too. There was yeah, there was some speculation, and it just didn't. Just briefly, without getting into too many details, I, I I felt he didn't fit the profile because he had a very he had there was an anecdote about him where he he drove from Ohio to Maine and decided not to get out of his car and turn back. Mm. Right. So it, it didn't really seem to me to, to fit the profile of a, you know, of an aggressive person. Right. I mean, I, it's a little hard to generalize from one thing, but I didn't think that was, I didn't think that case. was the case. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating, you know, just where technology is and where it's allowed us to go. And um, like you said about exonerating, um, it's why do you think I'm, this is just a question too. like, why is it so hard a lot of times for prosecutors? It seems like with prosecutors in particular or DAs, even in the face of like overwhelming evidence or whatever, they never seem to want to. It's really hard for them to admit made you know they always say well based on what we had at the time or whatever it's so irritating sometimes yeah I think it's I think part of it is is um, I mean I suppose it's it's like anything else I mean no one likes to admit that they put someone away <laughs> right I mean do you like to admit that you you really did get a zero on the course or something or drop. Right. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's the ego, the ego and the pride, you know, but you just think, God, when the stakes are so high and you put some, you know, someone's went to jail for 25 years, um, mm-hmm. you would think at that point you would, I mean, it, it does happen where they, mm-hmm. they make amends and they apologize, but it seems more than likely they, they, they just kind of dig their feet in and they're like, Nope, you know, this is what we had at the time. And, that's mm-hmm. the best we can do. So, um, that's well, I, kind of just to make a, yeah, make a point there. I mean, I, I, there was a documentary from a number of years ago about Chicago. I don't know if you know the story where they had like a hundred cases that were overturned. No, there were, the, gov- mm-hmm. the governor did a, a large scale uh, commutation of sentences, as I remember. And there was a whole documentary on the fact that in Chicago, they almost had a quota system, right? So if, if they wanted they wanted to solve the crime so that they they were 
they had a large rate of, 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 of cases that the governor didn't have a lot of confidence in. And mm. I remember watching that documentary. It'll come to me later. But after I saw that documentary, that really made a big impact on me personally because I just thought if, if even if, if the rate's 5% or 10%, that's just – That's way you know, too much. That. Yeah, you just can't have – you can't have the death penalty. You can't even have mm-hmm. – you can have a whole debate on that, which is a different topic. But it, it really when, – when you saw that they were basically trying to get you know, a scorecard, right? They, mm-hmm. they wanted a scorecard of a, of a perfect number of hits, and so that's what they were doing, unfortunately. So. Wow. Well, again, a lot of times, you know, politics come into play with all that too, and that, you know, it's always mm-hmm. amazing that they're they're gambling with someone's livelihood, their life, basically, and um, that's what happens. So, um, well, yeah. So, in terms of when you we watch mm-hmm. a show like on, on Oxygen, where we we watch how they they work, teams work, and they identify a doe body, um, where it's one thing, okay, you can identify them, and then when you – how does it go from there to then trying to use genealogy to identify the, the, the killer? That's where I get a little confused sometimes. Well, you've got to – I guess this, what you have is you'll get a, some type of a sample, right? You'll get like a tissue sample or a bone sample or hair or fingernails or something, and then you can right. take that. And you generate a profile similar to like a 23andMe file, and then from that you can then generate something that you can upload to a database. Got but it. The, okay. But this, but the step that goes from the tissue or the bone is where the software comes in, where you have various techniques, I suppose. And does I mean de- decomposition mm-hmm. varies, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. are there cases where Decomposition is so bad that you absolutely cannot get anything right. usable. Yeah, they're, 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 those are tough situations because there was one case. Actually, I probably shouldn't. I'll won't mention the name, but uh-huh. they really wanted to do it. They really wanted to do it. It was a bad case. I mean, it was, it was a real tragedy, and it's just when ninety-nine percent of the data is gone, you're just not going to be able to get there. You know. Yeah. So you need you need a certain amount of uh, tissue and bone is you need all that to be able to work with. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can work with. I mean, we've worked with some pretty. Well, I can say. I mean, we we you could work with something from a bullet casing. You know, someone touches mm-hmm. a bullet, mm, or touches okay. a bottle. You can right. work with something that, like in the Chandler case, he actually had a tissue biopsy, so it was it was preserved in formaldehyde, so it was degraded, right? So you can you can work with a lot of tricky stuff. It's just there still is a ceiling, you know, mm-hmm. there still is a, or or floor, or whatever, however you want to put it. Where you just can't, right there's a there's a top, yeah. Well, do you know a lot of times you hear about people mm-hmm. burning bodies, thinking that burning a body is going to destroy evidence. That's not really the case, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's. It um, still get there. I mean, it, it just depends. It depends on the on the particular circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, they worked. Um, I mean, there's some that were done that. I think there was one recently that was burned. 
the, the name escapes, but there was a, a recent case that we did in North Carolina where they found a body in an old farmhouse. And I think it was a suicide. And then the body had been burned. Um, yeah, I so mean, it, this, it is what, mm-hmm. this is what's amazing. Yeah. You know, we talk about just how many missing persons there are in the country. You know, it's um, I'm always astounded mm-hmm. because – you know, our mutual friend who worked on the the oxygen, he, he doesn't mm-hmm. like his name out there. But, you know, we talked about how many how many people are missing and this like never thought of. I mean, I, I it's fascinating to me how they someone can be missing for so long. And I don't know if it's just people quit looking or they assume they're never going to find them. You know, I don't know. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's, yeah. it's blows my mind. Cause sometimes when you yeah. solve it mm-hmm. and then you talk to the families and you start realizing like, well, wait, so you had a, you had, they had a child and they had a ex-husband and what were those people told? You know, it's just a whole domino effect. Yeah. In the Lyle Stevick case, for example, the family just assumed he had, he just didn't want to be contacted. There was a suicide up near Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he took a pseudonym, as I remember, from a novel or something. And they didn't even know he was dead. Sadly. Yeah, and, you know, in today, especially today, how we all, whether we want to or not, you know, we stay so connected between social <laughs> media and texting. And, you know, it just, I guess it's uh, it's fascinating to me because I'm thinking, gosh, I don't know if you said today, oh, I just don't want to be, you know, connect. I just don't want to be contacted. It's like, I don't think that would stop people from trying to find you in today, you know, current day. I bet it was much more prevalent, obviously, 20 years ago. Yeah, I I kind of wonder about, I mean, the curious one, like in the Newton Chandler case, he took the name of a boy who died in a car accident in 1946, as I remember, because you, it was it was for a variety of reasons easier to do then, mm-hmm. you know, to get the birth certificate and to get the records. And he cut himself off from his entire family, which is very unusually very unusual psychologically because most people. That's why it was a red flag for the police. They just didn't understand that. It didn't make sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I do find a lot of times in these cases, going back, there is something. I guess it's easier. You find a a dead child, even their their mm-hmm. social security number and stuff like that. For some reason, it's that's easier to do. I guess I, I'm not sure um, what that's about. But again, I don't know if it's as easy today as it was, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. But but you know, people people find ways around everything. I guess. Or they try to. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, when I talk to, I mean, I don't have, just, you know, since I'm not in law enforcement, I don't actually have access. Right. There's parts of these investigations that the, the law enforcement just does themselves. So they, they'll say elliptically that they have access to other databases, of course, that they can use and so forth and so on. But I would imagine it's it would be a lot harder. I mean, maybe I'm wrong to do what, to do what Chandler did, to to take on to, a different identity. Yeah, I in think today's so. time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, what he did is he just today you could just Google it and you'd find that that person, mm-hmm. <laughs> that name was associated right. with someone who died in 1946. You know, in right. the old days, Pretty you much. Go to the library and 
you spend years trying to find that out. Yeah. Do you find um do you, did you find there was a lot of were you hit um with skepticism from law enforcement in the beginning? Do you find law enforcement now sees genealogy investigation as a a really great tool and they're all on board but were there's do you find is there still pushback at all or skepticism or anything from law yeah, enforcement? I well, I I mean I think everyone's seen the cases in the news. I mean I talked to one agency recently and sort of gave them a briefing and I guess sort of a proof of concept history of how it could be done. I mean, cause they're trying to convince more and more people within their organization to fund this and to, to move mm-hmm. forward. California, by the way, is very aggressive. The California agencies are very, shall I say out in front in terms of mm-hmm. implementing this, which is kind of curious to me, but it just depends on the, on the, on the group. You know, I think it's usually it's usually usually the point person is a district attorney. So if you have a district attorney who's very aggressive, then they'll they'll drive it forward. It doesn't really, as far as I know, it's not coming from the political level. Oh, that was going to be my yeah, that would be my question. Mm -hmm. Do you find you know if it's yeah, that was my question. Do you find it more Republican based? It's it's less enthusiastic, you know, because there's so many privacy issues or are people are always afraid of I mean I still hear today like people find out I did my heritage you know dot com or mm-hmm. I, I use my heritage and I have friends that'll say, Whoa, Jasper, you gotta be careful because you know, someone can plant your they can <laughs> use that against you or, you know <laughs> they can use that against you down the line or something, you know, the authorities can take that and so I think we can they sort of need- debunk yeah, debunk that theory. They don't need right. my heritage. They don't need my heritage. I'm sorry to break it to you, but they want. <laughs> they don't. They don't really. I mean, I don't. I, I I had a conversation once with someone. You know, people. There's reasonable concerns, but I mean, if you think about it, if they really wanted to employ all their techniques to find out information on someone, they have so many different. You know, electronic and yeah, they can. They can pull everyone's records from social media and all sorts of other places. So I'm right. I I mean, there's a legitimate concern there, but I think also that, I mean, this was a point I was trying to make to one other person who who, um, was from Europe, who was so concerned. It's like, you do realize that if they really wanted to, they could basically pull out your entire email history for for your entire life. Right. They could just write all, all those records. So, yeah, it's fat. Yeah, exactly. We're we're really not as private as we think we are. You know, we're not as really protected as people think we are anyway. So I always say, look, my my life's so boring. You can just, you know, follow me if you want. It's going to be very, un- you know, pleasantly surprised at how boring it is. So have at it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, I mean it's possible. It's always possible there could be some curveball that emerges, mm-hmm. right? But I think I think some of the more science fiction-based fears that you know they'll copy your DNA and plant it at the crime scene, you know, I think that's pretty unlikely for the time being. Yeah, that's very unlikely. I I, exactly. Yeah. Well, Justin, listen, the time flies. I I just w- wanted to thank you again to be our first sure first guest and. Much continued success with uh, with full genomes, your company, and 
And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I'm a fan of this whole genre and industry and fascinated by it. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. And um, please come back anytime. Yeah, thanks so much. I enjoyed it a lot. Good deal. Thanks, buddy. Okay, Take care. Fun. Have a good Bye. one. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's Justin Lowe, his company, Full Genomes Corporation, and you can find uh, his website, fullgenomes.com. Look him up, see what the company does. They offer all kinds of genetic testing. They work with law enforcement. So listen, guys, I am so excited to have our first true crime episode in the can. Uh, Like I said, we're going to try to do at least one of these a month. So many avenues in the true crime genre, you know, with actual victims and detectives and investigators and so much to talk about and so many great shows. I'd like to get some people on from Dateline and 48 Hours and all the shows that we all love and watch. So everyone, thank you again. Be safe out there. Please get your vaccinations. When your number comes up, when your appointment comes and you have a chance, make sure you get vaccinated. Um, Follow us. I'm at at Jasper Cole says, S-A-Y-S, on Instagram and on Twitter. And we have a Facebook page, one-on-one with Jasper Cole. Or go to jaspercole.com, and you can follow the show there. Um, shout out to our host page, BS Podcast Network. And you can get all of our archive shows on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spricker, and, of course, right here at Blog Talk Radio. So thanks to Ralph Cole Jr. We'll see you all next week. Same time, same place. Be safe. Much love. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out One-on-One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.